Hey everyone, you're listening to the DIY Business Podcast and my name is Yaro. I'm really glad to have you and I'm excited to share this conversation with Lucy Tyler with you. She's a death awareness coach and we talked about a lot of really cool things that I find so important and sometimes missing, like how we could actually really let things die that are no longer working for us or how we can go beyond the showreel culture of Instagram and find a way to really allow ourselves to show up fully, which is easier said than done. And we also talked about staying emotionally open and engaged in times times of decay and death, as well as what we feel is missing from the coaching world. So yeah, I really love this conversation. I really love Lucy's work. Um, I'm excited to have one of her 100 conversations about death. And I think some of you might want to check that project out too. It sounds really amazing and I'm excited. As you know, I've been training as a grief celebrant this year and I've been thinking about this work a lot more since this conversation and actually decided to train as a death doula too because I think this openness to confronting the end of things and letting things die and really understanding death as a very natural and very important part of our cycles in business and in life um, yeah, just feels so enriching and something that I really want to do and center more. Um, just a few quick announcements from me. I have time this winter to do another web design project if you're interested. I can also support you with tech um, or software choices or a marketing plan that feels good. So if you're interested in that, hit me up. Otherwise, the DIY business community is going really well. We had a workshop on pricing and boundaries and accessibility last week that I really loved and we decided to have more of those. So if you want to join us for a free trial, you can. And recordings of that will be available to you immediately. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Have a really beautiful day. Everyone, I'm excited to speak to Lucy Taylor today. Um, we got in touch with, with, with each other when I was still on Instagram. And we talked a little bit about death rituals and about how things are conventionally done. Um, in the coaching world and Instagram and how things could be different really and so in a way we were really just starting this conversation before I left and then we emailed a little bit and so I'm really excited to speak to Lucy today because as you know I'm really excited to have more people on the show that are willing to share a little bit more about their story with becoming entrepreneurs and questioning things and finding a path towards authenticity and realness and then I'm also really as a human interested in death and grief and how we work with these things so um yeah when the opportunity arose um was there presented itself to interview Lucy I was like yes <laughs> definitely it's talk hi Lucy thank you so much for being here I'm really excited to speak to you yeah me too thank you and hearing you kind of just say what you said like yeah I'm like really feeling that too <laughs> Great. So let's begin by hearing a little bit more about your work. I'm, I'm not expecting you to give us like a polished, perfect, this is it, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life answer. Um, but where are you at right now? What feels most excited, exciting to you? Yeah, so where I'm at right now is I am calling myself a death awareness coach. Um, and what that really means to me is creating opportunities um, to facilitate people's relationship with death and loss, um, definitely including like literally the end of life. 
but also where that's coming to me right now is the kind of deaths and goodbyes and shifts that we have throughout our life mm-hmm. and for me that's really a journey um, towards wholeness and how I'm kind of defining my own version of wholeness right now and through my work is like a state of accepting all that is mm-hmm. so for me where death and loss comes in is often we we bypass it or we look ahead and we don't like you said, like ritual, we don't have ritual. We don't often fully embrace and witness the loss. So for me, that inherently means that we're not really creating and navigating life through this space of wholeness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. That makes so much sense to me. I really, yeah, I think something that you are saying on your Instagram page, let me just go back to that really quickly because it really spoke to me. Um, it says life activation through death awareness. And I was like, ooh, yes. Yes. <laughs> that <feels> so true. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm just finishing a book called Swimming with Seals, for example, in which mm. a really beautiful storyteller processes the, the grief um, and the death of her mom. <clears throat> through wild swimming and I just passed so much reading this book and was thinking about how much death and grief it really brings deep transformation that so many of us have often like wanted for decades but it needed death to really let them come through which is really then making me wonder if if there was a way for us to be like you say more aware of death all the time to be more alive and more close uh, and closer to how we actually really want to live so I would love to hear a little bit more about how you came to do this work and how you see it kind of play out in your day-to-day life Mm, thank you and hearing that what you just said about the book you're reading and the thoughts you had from it like it's quite a nice segue because really what brought me to this work is like a lack of almost feeling or a lack of feeling like I'm experiencing the world through deep connection and just like heightened sense of emotion. Um, So for me, I'll preempt saying a lot of people do get into death work or into this awareness through um, experience a really significant loss and end of life. Um, That personally wasn't my experience. And it's really come from kind of, small step after small step certainly starting going into personal development world kind of trying to access that level of connection and you know kind of integrity and deep meaning which I certainly did find to some degree but it wasn't until really kind of looking at how that then interacted with the human experience we're having right now and the cultural systems we're under that I realized there was something deeper and there was an access point that I still wasn't reaching. And it kind of grew from there. And I, I kind of became aware of death as like a concept of like being aware of it through kind of looking at the way, you know, the way I had certainly done. And I think certainly in kind of mainstream Western culture of like this kind of numbing out of kind of going to our jobs, being on the internet, being on social media and, kind of just not really engaging in or certainly in the public realm in the the feelings I guess that we would we would kind of say are in a negative so like grief public grief Mm -hmm. but also as I kind of noticed that it was also like 
extreme joy and happiness was also being numbed out as well. And that kind of, it was like querying why and like why we're not doing certain things and why we're just behaving, I guess, like my search for meaning. It's like, well, why, why am I searching for this? And it was really at the core, like, because we're going to die one day, Mm -hmm. I want to have a meaningful life. But for me, like, yeah, the meaning to me was that experience of emotion and it was something that I wasn't allowing myself. So even early on in my research and my understanding of death awareness, I've come to see that the flip sides of the coin of like grief and joy are basically not the same experience, but it's like I personally, I see them as states of emotional intensity maybe. Mm-hmm. And when we come out of this kind of avoidance bypassing numbing out we can access grief but we can also access joy and that's kind of what's exciting me at the moment and I hope I answered your question I kind <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah it's a it's a it's a topic that like once you go into it just unravels in so many directions so I'm trying mm-hmm. to like hold all the pieces at the moment mm-hmm. yeah me too I think all of what you said really makes sense and it's super interesting um I'm currently and this feels so fitting for the time of the year as well with we're recording this in late September. I'm beginning my grief celebrant training next week. Wow. Um, so I've done the life part of it, which is all about celebrating birth and namings and commitment ceremonies. And now the, the next part is um, celebrating grief and building ritual about around that. And I don't think that I like funeral work is, is something that I'm not particularly excited about right now. And, and I totally think it's really, really beautiful. It's just not something that I feel drawn to. Um, but I do really want to explore like you death awareness more and really make space in my life and my communities for grief. Mm. Um, for example, for around the species that we're losing every single day, just trying to stay connected to this fact that every single day so many beautiful creatures go extinct and it's just passing us by at the moment. And I feel sometimes with movements, what's missing for me is this emotional connection and the sense of sustainability through staying emotionally open but of course, that's also really hard. So I'm not definitely not sitting on my high horse trying to be critical on on any movement in particular, but it's just this feeling of like, how are we going to sustain really, really engaged resistance and embodied solidarity for the rest of our lives? And I think that's going to take grief work as well, right? Oh, 100%. And for me, like, well, like I'm kind of defining what I feel is wholeness right now and kind of what I said about a state of acceptance for all that is. Like certainly the path I see towards that is is through grief. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that has been the biggest wake up call for myself to realise, okay, so when we're asking like, well, how and why are we not holding this emotion or witnessing it or really giving space to it? Um or even just really sitting with the truth of the dilemmas we're in right now um socially environmentally and it kind of it was that click of oh we have to go through grief and grief is something that we don't publicly collectively hold space for at the moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i would love to hear a little bit more about your story of becoming an entrepreneur and how you 
maybe first entered the world of self-development and then found your space within that and then decided actually this is something that I want to offer um, to the world How, what was that like it's been a it's funny it's been a kind of relatively short in terms of the last three or four years but it feels like a very long long journey but mm -hmm. um like the f my first kind of significant step towards was through just like my own realizing my own numbness in my own life and how I'd kind of done the tip the typical thing you know I, I was in a job that I'd I enjoyed it made sense I was in a relationship that made sense I was living in London and I just wasn't really happy or it was more like this um that feeling of knowing that there's a deeper level of feeling and connection, but also being surrounded by, um, you know, the culture and environment I was in that was kind of pessimistic at its core, I guess, to sign of say, like, make you kind of not really believe that it's possible. So constantly like wanting it, but not, but feeling like naive. So that kind of like little piece of me that was like no there's something there's something more to feel here that mm -hmm. kind of led me down personal development for for myself and quite quickly found coaching and as a profession and I trained to be a life coach um and I had come from a background in online communications um so I was already kind of interested in this realm of discussing ideas and talking and sharing yeah, sharing ideas really. And I think that's what led me to coaching of this, this opportunity to really go deep and unpack certain conversations. And while I thought that was going to be like the end of my path and then I was going to be a life coach, um, it was really coming face to face with the coaching industry as a whole and the personal development industry as a whole. Once I got out of the kind of initial shininess of it, um, I quite quickly didn't really see myself in it and I didn't see the world around me in it. And it felt like this bubble, which I do think predominantly it still is. And it was kind of then going, okay, I can't become a life coach, probably not on that conscious level, but it, there was this big resistance and I couldn't really find my place um, mm -hmm. in it. So I ended up, merging my kind of life before this with online communications um, and worked with other entrepreneurs on their business. So that was, it was a passion thing, but it was also, I always knew it was going to be a temporary transitional kind of business. Um, and that happened quite organically. So I was working as a web designer and copywriter, probably not too dissimilar to, to you mm -hmm. um, with new coaches, um, mainly, um, and the kind of entrepreneurs um, in that kind of personal transformation. And that is a business that brought me closer to kind of the, the backside of, you know, what's going on for new coaches when they're creating mm -hmm. businesses and having these conversations around the coaching industry and what I felt was missing from it. Um, and then I found the incredible work of Andrea Rene, um, who has a coaching as activism program. Mm -hmm. And I went through that and that was really that sudden kind of connection between like, oh, okay, so this is what's happening between the disconnect between kind of social justice and 
the social systems we're in right now and the coaching industry and how they come together or personal development in general to kind of look at how the collective affects the individual and vice versa. And I think, well, I know that was the kind of final cementing of really stepping into my own values and understanding, which then kind of gave me the permission, I guess, or the the validation to say, no, there's something here. So the more I kind of worked with Andrea and her community um, and looked into like holding space and things that where complexity was allowed more and really then kind of let this death awareness drop into me. And for some, to some degree, I really do think it just dropped into me. I can't really find the exact point it came to me, but it was like once I became aware of it, I just, it felt so right and I just couldn't put it down. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And now I am just finishing up even now with my last clients for the kind of business support and copywriting on the like literal sense and now moving into more of the personal support um, that I'm offering through as a death awareness coach. So I'm just kind of in my own transition right now, actually. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I really also want to link to Andrea's program because I think it's incredible. It's on my wish list of things to do next year, very high up. And do it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I will. Um, and I'm excited that you really loved it. That sounds great. Um, yeah, like I said, what you're saying really makes sense to me. And I had a similar experience when I first kind of entered this world. I wasn't necessarily intending to be a life coach, but it definitely five years ago when I first started this business thought, oh, I want to help people in some way. <laughs> and, and then kind of started looking around me. And I think what I'm trying to name is that I think in a way it's human that we are falling into these patterns and these ways of relating and sharing our work because at, for me at least I was the first person in my family to start a business I didn't have any formal training and to be honest I, I didn't feel connected and grounded enough in my own inner compass or connected to my intuition to day by day deal with all these micro decisions and really kind of find my path from an authentic place so um so <laughs> what I'm getting with this, I think, is that I see these things dying as well. And I think it's really important that we let go of them. And I also think that it takes courage when we're starting out and we're, you know, trying to bring a new business into the world. It's so tempting to just tell these stories, like you said in your email, that are really these templates of like, I had this problem and then I acquired this tool and this is my solution. And now I can sell you to do the same thing and your life will be, you know, never you will never struggle again, basically, because everything yeah. will be amazing. <laughs> um and so, yes, I see that too. I know why it happens sometimes. Obviously, I don't know individually why it happens, but I see these these patterns too. And I wonder like how we can bring death to them quite literally. I wonder what your thoughts are around this process and how, well, like what can be empowering or positive or transformative in that sense. Mm. And they're, they're the kind of key words like, what is like inspirational and motivational. And I think there's a disconnect because I guess, well, there's a disconnect on so many levels that at first it's 
the role of a coach is to even be inspirational, motivational. There is some element in there. Um, but I think there's, there's some feeding in there already. Um, and this idea, yeah, that kind of to do that, we have to only show the positive things or yeah, show the, show the solutions and never really be in, in the processes out loud consistently. And I think for me, I, I think about it a lot in terms of the how, because, you know, it's, it's too simple to say, you know, I'll just be more vulnerable. And we hear this a lot. So I'll be more vulnerable, share your stories. But unless you really unpack what's going on, it's, it's still going to be incongruent because you're not really feeling like you have permission to do that. So I think certainly for entrepreneurs and coaches, what we're talking about now, it's like that first step with, I say acceptance of, of just witnessing what is. And I think just that practice of really sitting with, okay, what is happening for me right now before going into how can I sell it? How can I package it? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's, you know, under capitalism as well, it's just that that quick rush to just throw ideas out and get them out and get them packaged and sold. And Mm -hmm. whether that be a literal paid service or just like, through sharing on Instagram, for example. But I just think that is probably where the dominant area of my work with entrepreneurs will really be. And it's like to simply like witness what is Mm -hmm. and then say, okay, how can we communicate what is and really let go of even the need to package it in an inspirational way because really the question is what is inspiration and you ask one person, the next person, it will be different. And like, for me, what I find deeply inspiring is people speaking truth, like real truth about what's going on or for, for you as well, like coming off Instagram like that, I found inspiring and it's like dependent on what we're really craving. And I do think again, you know, not every individual, but collectively, I think right now, probably what we are craving is, is just humanness to be celebrated mm-hmm. and spoken on because, you know, it, the synthetic stuff just doesn't really cut it anymore. Mm-hmm. It cuts it for a while mm-hmm. um, for certain kinds of people, um, but it's unsustainable at its core. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of, yeah, that's where my thinking is right now. It's really just sitting in to what is be- before before going into action. Mm-hmm. Yes, I kind of want to take a big highlighter marker out and just like go over, over everything that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that feels really true to me too. And I think I, I want to circle back to this thing of speed and then another thing as well. I really feel that the internet has so much radical potential, but social media in particular, I feel like has been speeding up our processes so much and our understanding of what is good enough and fast enough and I've, I've noticed this in myself all the time this like being in a situation seeing something beautiful or something inspiring and immediately in my head going to like what is this going to look like in a square image and how is the lighting quite right and what hashtags am I going to use which is wild to me you know and it really took me out of the experience and I thank you for saying um what you said about me leaving social media, it was a really big step to me. And 
it does feel scary still sometimes. I do worry about being forgotten. Um, and I also want to say that um, I really would never judge anyone who loves being on Instagram because I do think it has, you know, it has some really po positive sides to it. I don't think that it's free a free market tool, tool because we are creating a ton of free content and pouring so much energy and attention into it so that thinking of it as free I think is really kind of misleading mm. um, but I really met some incredible people on there you know we connected on there initially and um, many of my close friends I've, I've initially met on Instagram and I feel so much more connected now with a community of entrepreneurs around the world that feels similar to how I feel and I'm and I will always be grateful for that but there's this speed piece that was really bothering me and then I think um The other thing also of like constantly trying to appease the algorithm that's really challenging because what you said about permission really resonates for me. I think in order to be truly sharing what is and what is coming up for us in a imperfect way that people hopefully may or may not be able to relate to, but it's really kind of like thinking out loud, we have to not just from ourselves, but also from the platform, have permission to do so. And I just noticed over the years so often that when I was sharing something that was kind of a bummer, you know, that wasn't really looking very good or was it, it was an image that had more darkness than light on it, quite literally, and we can talk about the racism in that as well, <laughs> but um, I would always be punished. And I had six and a half thousand followers but just mm -hmm. such a tiny tiny fraction of these people would see posts especially if they were not shiny very light super lit images in which I was sharing a, a bite-sized piece of inspiration and so yeah that's <laughs> death to that I would say oh absolutely and that's like you really give me a lot to think about in terms of the kind of algorithm and the permit like what you said about the permission from the platform is something that I haven't really fully delved into myself um, to understand what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. um, but I do, like, I mean, so much of what you said, I was just, yeah, yeah. But um, just to, yeah, like, underline as well that, like, the social media isn't bad, you know, and it's, and for me, what I'm really talking about is, is, like, responsibility um, mm -hmm. for coaches and for people who are using it as a as a business tool um i mean anyone i would say for me personally i'm kind of interested in people using it within the personal development sector but it's kind of like we i notice this thing sometimes and we say you know like oh we all know social media is like the highlight reel is like the common phrase we we hear mm -hmm. and it's like i was at a kind of networking event with people i'd never met before they were in the coaching world and i kind of said oh You know, they're like, oh, I always remind my clients um, that it's just a highlight reel. And then I kind of was like, oh, but we, we're creating it, right? Like, we, we, we're all creating that. So what if we just didn't make it a highlight reel? And not to, like, throw blame or anyone. I have gone through this myself. Like, but it was, like, this kind of clear, like, what, what do you mean? Like, is we can't, mm -hmm. like that's not even possible kind of thing. And I just think, oh, with the people using it as business, like it just, and I guess this underpins actually everything I had. My first issues with um, mainstream coaching was the idea of kind of like 
participating in it. So I'm going to, to just take this example, I'm going to create the highlight re- reel through my business and then coach people on how to not be affected by that. And it's mm-hmm. like, why don't we just not do that? Why don't we just not do step one? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so it's kind of, it's really is just about responsibility and, mm-hmm. um, and I do definitely think the way people interact with businesses or the way businesses show up is, is very different to how I would go on a personal account and like, like my friend's pictures, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's different. And I think mm-hmm. there's way more buy-in and I'm not going to say impact, just like, I guess seeding of ideas because because you're there to teach, right? And mm-hmm. like, I think that, yeah, that's where I get really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I'm still looking at your Instagram profile, by the way, um, because I just find it helpful at the beginning of an interview. And something I want to name as a, another practical example is that I've, I've been finding it incredibly hard to take and share a picture of myself not smiling. And I, th- <laughs> I think this was like this one of the, honestly, and it sounds so silly, like what is wrong with me that I can't allow myself to not smile in a picture and then share that. I have a friend who's like on principle never smiling on the internet. <laughs> I feel so inspired by her. And she's, yeah, just talking about it a bit sometimes as a form of resistance. And it's really interesting. And I saw that you also shared two pictures of yourself not smiling. And I just... I think it's just such an example, isn't that incredibly hard? And it's also um, something that's like an air quote punished by Instagram. And I think you're also totally right about this um, responsibility piece. And I think that is, you know, if we are saying now, this is um, a tool and we're trying to use it in the most intentional way that we can, then a really positive thing to do is, you know, to share (laughs) pictures of yourself, for example, not smiling, but also for, for people to respond and kind of shape the way that their feed responds to their intentions and beliefs. So, mm-hmm. you know, commenting on something, for example, that isn't just a shiny uh, piece of shit, basically, and saying, thank you so much, like, that feels true to me, means that more people will see it, and you will also get to see more of those kinds of uh, things. And and a part of me is like, do I really want to spend so much time on on kind of developing strategies around this or like, you know, finding these work around solutions, but it is also the reality of what it is to be on Instagram right now. So I think it's important to name that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's like, that's the bit, integral bit, isn't it? Where it's like noticing things and then like bringing the systems in and then it can like spiral us back into like the kind of, really capitalist way of like relating um but what kind of came up to me when you're speaking as well is just like about the pictures of not smiling and <laughs> me just to take a picture of myself was like a real big deal anyway so I was like <laughs> I'm gonna come in and start my new Instagram um for this work and I'm really gonna have to practice what I'm gonna preach right so and what really shifted and I think is something that isn't quite clicking in for a lot of people like that I've worked with and like entrepreneurs is that you know Instagram maybe I I might be wrong but I believe it probably started or the way we perceived Instagram was like documenting our day and documenting our life which is where I think feeds into this inspirational thing of like oh but I have to take pictures of you know 
my life, like Instagram has to show my day, like what I'm physically doing throughout my day, what I'm physically doing when I go on holiday, X, Y, Z. And I kind of, what really helped me to just think out of that, to be like, Instagram is literally just a platform in which I share my message. Mm-hmm. And just realizing, so if I share a picture, I'm just going to share pictures that are true to what I'm sharing or that represent what I'm sharing. Or, you know, if I take a selfie, I'm just going to be taking it of what I'm actually doing, which is sat on the couch thinking, which is how <laughs> I spend a lot of my time. And really kind of getting out this idea that to have an authentic Instagram account, you have to be sharing like what you're doing. And then there's like in the sense of like, it has to be real time, literal, a picture. Mm-hmm. Because then there's that drive of like, oh, well, if I have to share a real-time picture of something inspiring that I'm doing in my day, I better get off my butt and go to a really preppy coffee shop and take a picture of my <laughs> latte. And, you know, and it kind of feeds that. And when I just thought, oh, I'm going to just treat it like a mag- like an editorial, like a magazine or whatever, and just sharing pictures from what I was doing six months ago because it's a pretty picture and or it goes with my message. You know, it's simple as that. And if I share a picture of myself, it's going to be – just yeah how I'm feeling in that moment mm-hmm. um, and not performing I guess mm-hmm. is the word I'm thinking of mm-hmm. yeah that's that's true I, I am also just so blown away by how quickly new cultures form and feel and suddenly feel so true that it's really hard to question them so <clears throat> I'm thinking along the lines of like you know therapists for example and so before I say anything more (laughs) I really want to say that I think coaches and therapists and anyone in between and around those those are all such beautiful valid professions and and I think you know sometimes regulations are cool and sometimes they're complicated um gatekeeping structures um so so I don't think that actually I'm I am educated enough in that field to really make a judgment here on that but I'm just trying to say I sometimes wonder how we accept that we want to know so much private, intimate, personal information from a coach when that's stuff that we would never expect from a therapist. Like, who wants to know what kind of coffee their therapist had for breakfast? You know, that's a professional boundary. And I just... um I'm just kind of asking this question. I really don't have an answer. And I actually think, in a way, it's really beautiful that we rehumanize our relationships within businesses and within any kind of profession. So I think actually this like being able to show that we are human too, that has coffee in the morning is really cool. But then there's also this like flip side to that, that we're now so used to consuming all of this kind of <clears throat> private information from people um, thinking that this is what we need in order to make a decision about whether we want to work with that person or not. And I just see that this this culture around coaching has established itself so quickly that now people often come to me really thinking that this is the universal truth. Like this is just what you have to do to make it as a coach. And I'm like, no way, this has really just been the blink of an eye that we've done it this way. And, you know, like um, related professions um, have never done it that way and they still kind of thrive. Like, isn't that interesting, you know? So, hmm. (laughs) It's so interesting what you just said. I'm like, my mind's like blown because I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> and I do like the instinctual thing. I think like there's a couple of things going on that I kind of feel. And it's like, one, just to phrase life coach anyway. I think this is like where like 
language is like so important but I think the phrase life coach and how it I guess one thing is that if you don't really understand what coaching is there's the preconception that a life coach just knows how to do life right and like (laughs) it's not like also blended with the real reality that life coaching is is obviously I believe in it is extremely valuable but there's also not you know so many regimented um what's the word like it's you can be certified and you cannot so exactly kind of what you said sometimes these these regulations that's the word um are extremely valuable and sometimes you know it can be the gatekeeping thing like you said but you know I think life coaching is blending with kind of like um being an influencer and being a kind of lifestyle celebrity and this kind of thing and in some ways I feel like even though and actually as I'm saying I'm kind of like deciding what I feel about it but it's like even though I feel like regulations can be used in a really controlling way I do wonder if the kind of lack of regulation is maybe also just part of the nuanced thing of okay what is a life coach Mm -hmm. um I don't have the answer to that at all um and I think like any profession you're going to have people that you feel sit with your integrity and people that don't and I think this is the complexity and the nuance and the challenges I think of life coaching as it stands right now because there's so many incredible coaches who are talking on all these things and more and where social justice is coming in I find that so exciting and incredible Mm -hmm. but you know we can't deny there's also a huge uprising wave of the kind of the lifestyle influencer which I think is uncomfortably and untruthfully being blended with what coaching is and I think that's feeding into it as well as that need to feel like yeah you have to take a picture of your coffee every day you know and all that kind of stuff and it's it's really I think it's I'm gonna say I think it's tainting and tainting the depth and integrity and amazing work that coaches do to be honest Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes sense I'm I'm thinking about writing a zine about radical simplicity at the moment because I got a little bit interesting or like I fell down a minimalism hole this summer and I feel some some parts of minimalism I really resonate with and others I just find incredibly um, ignorant to the bigger picture of our consumption and how that's related to white supremacy and Mm -hmm. colonialism and capitalism all these different things and I also feel like it's the same dynamic sometimes there's just these like shares about oh you know I just decluttered my whole house and threw everything out and now I'm a better person (laughs) and it just is so much more complex than that but that is also those kind of very simplified before and after stories are what really fly on Instagram so anyway I think hearing you talk about how these different things get muddled up, how um, sometimes we conflate how, like the popularity of a person with their ability to support us in the way that we need to be supported. Um, that is a, that's, that's like an aspect, I think, of 
of this work where to me radical simplicity feels really helpful because at the end of the day when you're hiring a coach what you're really looking for is someone who can mirror your experience and really hold space for you and offer gentle accountability and inspiration like real inspiration you know like (laughs) real things that you will take into your heart and your life and and act on that will make a difference to you and that's about kindness and the ability to deeply listen and maybe having some tools in place it's not about how many followers you have and that I think is so important to remember yeah Oh, for sure. And that kind of, to me, just comes back to myself as well. Like, what's my responsibility? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, it's like, there's nothing, there's nothing damaging or harmful about like sharing a picture of your beautiful coffee or lunch. Like if that's mm-hmm. true for you in the moment, but you know, when we're looking, especially as business owners, when we're, we're looking at our feed as a whole and seeing how much space that kind of content takes up and how much space, I guess what I'm saying, like if you if we look through our feed and look at each each image and what we're actually portraying as a whole, and say like, what what are the messages I'm sharing? Like for someone who's engaging with me for the first time, or not even for the first time, because we can have long term followers who, if we're not really being congruent and in integrity with what we're sharing, like still won't really know necessarily kind of the truth of our life because it's all dependent on what we share isn't it so Mm -hmm. yeah like I think it's all about balance isn't it with like a lot of things um yeah 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 totally um I wonder what congruence means to you at the moment or how do you sorry (laughs) I'll let you speak in a second I just wanted I felt like it was such a weird complex question I think what what I and you can answer in any way you like so take take it away but I I meant like I wonder even if you have practices or things that you turn to in order to stay in touch with this idea of congruence and like what feels helpful to you in that at the moment Mm. well it's like this is like all coming from so again Andrea's work really and um after coaching as activism I went through a kind of better training with um her around um um, liberatory facilitation I find it hard to say that word Mm -hmm. um and we were learning um relational skills so um I won't go into the depth of it now but it was um kind of for listening and relate um relation skills um that make up um unconditional positive regard and part of that one of the skills is actually congruence and it's the act of kind of like witnessing what's happening in the moment and kind of like ma- the you know the phrase is like manifesting what's what's going on and not in the like esoteric sense but in like the literal sense so for example it can be anything as basic as like so if I'm sat on my laptop and I'm doing some work and I'm thirsty like my congruence is like I thirst I I I want to drink so that's like witnessing what's going on and like the manifesting my will would be to get up and go get a drink but often I will sit you know being truthful I'll sit there for an hour and a half (laughs) keep going because I just want to do that last bit last bit and then I'm Mm -hmm. really thirsty and I'm like okay I'm not congruent or going into a conversation um, at any point and, you know, because part of it's acting in your integrity as well. So it, I guess I'll preempt what I'm going to say and 
I have been, what's really come true to me now is like really layering what I feel is congruence next to kind of underpinning everything we've been talking about, which is kind of like mainstream spirituality around like living through integrity, living through intuition, living through soul purpose, that kind of level. And for me, that's like very visionary. Um, it's the lighthouse. It's the guiding the guiding vision mm -hmm. the congruence for me is like really being in your humanness in the moment and enacting in the external world what is what is true for me right now like what is coming back to this wholeness um piece and that will shift and change in every every moment and that's like that's life like congruence i feel is grounded in life and say mm -hmm. like intuition is grounded in the high vision um does that make sense yes it does and i think yeah yeah it totally does yes thank you <sighs> is there anything else that you would like to share before we close i don't think so i mean a million things but um <laughs> <laughs> as always with these kind of conversations but it's been really nice talking to you and really um because this the pieces of like kind of what we've been saying now to me has been it's been a big step towards congruence because I was you know web design copywriter online communications for entrepreneurs and then I was putting on my death awareness hat because you know I do really want to work with individuals going through liminal space and transition and for me I for so long saw them as two separate endeavors and then when it really came under my vision which is wholeness heals and this theme of wholeness and really kind of being and creating from a space of what is, I realized just how everything connects. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's kind of like just been really nice to kind of really ground myself in this conversation because I'm super passionate about it and yeah, seeing where all the things come together um, mm -hmm. because you know, that is, that's life and death, isn't it? Like it's, It's all the things. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the things, yeah. I could also talk for several more hours, and I would love to invite you and a few other people for second interviews later in the year. So I feel like the first ones are always like this opening, and there's so much to cover, and then I wondered if maybe having second or even third interviews one day would be, a, would be great to kind of um, go back in time and see how things have changed. I know that in my business, things change so fast sometimes so I would love to talk to you again if you're up for it oh absolutely and I had like that moment of just like excitement but also like pure like oh I wonder <laughs> I wonder what I'll be doing because like the last six months have been so pivotal for me so it's like I know mm -hmm. the next six months are going to probably be outside all my expectations and the first time that feels really good instead of scary so I would yeah cool. love to do that great awesome so um what are you currently offering and where can people find you if they want to stay in touch? Yeah. So my, my website's um, lucymaytaylor.com. Um, same for Instagram. And at the moment, um, I've got lots of stuff in the pipeline, but the core things I'm kind of doing right now are to um, a one-to-one coaching. So with individuals who are either in a transition or they're after a transition and they're kind of grappling with this, in between place of kind of wanting to really honor and look at what has come to pass in the process of, of moving forward into something new. And with entrepreneurs, I have um, the human on purpose, which is a mentoring program for um, coaches and purpose driven businesses. And that is really looking at how to create and communicate 
from this congruence, what we were talking about, um, through their systems, through their communications, but, but mainly communications and really looking at what we're sharing in our business and what we're not sharing. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and of course, the big one, I'm actually <laughs> facilitating a hundred conversations about death, grief and ritual, um, which Ooh, I would cool. love to invite you to one. Yeah. Oh, but, um, God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they're all free. They're all free. Um, and any, anyone, anyone who resonates with literally anything we've spoken about here, but even just the words death, loss, ritual, if that instigates or activates anything, it's for you. It's really an open, open project just to start to understand where people are at with it really mm-hmm. and how that might influence what I, what I offer in the future so that can that's all accessible through my website cool I cannot wait to see that thank you so much and thank you so much also for everything that you shared today and yeah just for being here it was really beautiful to talk to you and I'm so excited to share this conversation so thank you so much Thank you, and thanks for everything you do. You've really been a, an inspiration. I can use that word authentically here. Um, <laughs> and just slowing down and just really being human. I think that's what it boils down to, is just being human um, in yeah. business. And um, you've really been significant in my um, understanding and permission. You know, the permission piece, again, is always strong, I think. Um, so thank you for showing up human in your own business. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that.